Hi, I'm Jason Gann. I'm the pastor of Kids and Family here at Resurrection. So glad you tuned into the podcast. Today is going to be a very practical podcast around swim safety, drowning pre prevention. This is something we can prevent. Number one cause of death for four and under, number two for 10 and under. And today, Shannon Rosen here, she is a member of our faith community who just reached out to the church and said, I have something to offer. I have a passion around protecting kids in the water. And she's made a video that you can watch and share with your friends that's equal to a summer's worth of swim lessons cost. So we're going to hear some insights, some new things, some ways to have fun with your kids in the water this summer, and also this great uh, lesson, half an hour you can share with your friends, a tutorial with her and her students on video. It's very cool. So let's tune in and meet Shannon. Well, hey, let's get right into the interview. Uh, I want to welcome Shannon and invite you just to introduce yourself and what drew you into uh, swim instructing. Mm -hmm. Uh, my name's Shannon Rosgen. I'm a mom, and that's probably what drove me into swim instruction, yeah. having little ones in the water. Um, I got certified through American Red Cross about 15 years ago. I've been teaching about 14 years. And, awesome. Um, I've just learned a lot along the way, and I'm excited to share the information with parents. And I'm so excited to have you, and part of why we have you is because you reached out to us. You said, hey, can I offer something that would help save the lives of children? And that's really what we're going to get into. But I want to start by one of your insights you offered. Mm -hmm. There were You said there were like different kinds of swimmers. And I think parents might relate to that. The yes. Three, three different kinds? Yeah, three different kinds that. of swimmers. So it's really important for, for parents to know that the personality of your child on land is might be different than the personality of your child in the water. Um, so one, the first type of child that I teach is called the uh, jump first, ask questions later swimmer. And you can That's imagine great. these these kids have no fear. They may have no skill, right. but right. they will jump right in the water in the deep end, and they just they just are quite confident that someone's going to rescue them. <laughs> right, so, sure. Um, so um, an advantage to having that kind of child is they learn really fast. They're really motivated. They love the water, um, but you do have to teach them to respect the water and to know their limitations. Um, yeah. To keep them safe yeah. until they have the skills developed. Um, the second kind of child is called a negotiator. And okay. these children have a little more fear. They, they're they curious. They want to swim, but it's going to be on their terms. Sure. And uh, there's negotiations, renegotiations. If I say, jump in, I'll catch you. They say, come closer. Sure. If I say, go underwater and bob five times, they might say, I'll do two, but I'm not doing five. You okay. know, so, and they just need that control piece because they're scared. So yeah. we, we need a little more patience. It takes a little more time. Sure. Um, but they do learn to swim. And that's the third kind of swimmer is not all kids like the water. It's called the I'm not swimming swimmer. Okay. And yeah. those, these are the kids I get in the pool and they, they say, I, I'm not swimming for you. You can't make me. Mom or dad can't make me. No one's going to make me. I'm not doing this. So, um, you know, so you can't force a child to learn how to swim. You can't force a child to go underwater. So with these kind of kids, parents need to say, well, then you're not going to the pool, you know, which is an inconvenience right. for families, I know. But that's the only kind of control you have over the situation is to say, well, if you're yeah. not willing to take lessons and learn, then you can't go swimming with your 
your family. Right. I appreciate the three types. Um, I have two daughters, some of you know, right? 17 and 14. So I had a jump first child and I had a negotiating child. So those were my two. So hearing you define it is just nice to know. I know as parents, right, we're always thinking like, are are our kids like the other kids with this, whatever it is? Right, right. With swimming, it's so important because I looked up some stats and you had told me this when we first talked on the phone and I just didn't realize in the U.S. alone, the number one cause of death for four and under is drowning. And of those, one in four are in pools or bathtubs, which just sort of blew my mind. And then it's the second cause of death uh, for five to 10-year-olds after car accidents, which are number one. So this is really important. Yes. Like, this is not just a summer activity. This is life or death. Yes. And it's preventable. It is preventable. It's preventable. So that leads me into my kind of... Just uh, other insights. Uh, you talked to me about uh, the law of buoyancy, the relaxation, the act of faith. Take, take us through some of that. Sure. So ever since your child has been learning to walk, they've been dealing with the law of gravity on Earth, right? right. If we we fall down, if we re- if we relax or trip, or our body sinks right. um, with the law of gravity. When we enter a pool or any body of water, we start to deal with the law of buoyancy. And that is flipping the laws of gravity on their head. Because right. if you relax in water, you don't sink and fall down like they do on Earth. They they rise and they float, which is what right. will save their life. But floating is a position of surrender, and it's really hard to do nothing. When I teach kids a lot of times they try really, really hard to float and their muscles flex and their bodies get stiff and they turn into rocks and it makes it hard. So you have to teach the child to, to surrender and relax the body to float. Um, wow. Yeah. There's a faith lesson in there. Yeah, uh, really active is. surrender, right? Yes. To, to have faith and trust. And, yes. and this would be a great opportunity for you as a parent to build that trust with your child yes. so that you're teaching them to float. And, you, and you're going to show this in the video later, which is I, really yes. cool. Yes. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. How about the uh, the um, uh, you talked about the floating surrender. The other insight you had um, was about uh, the rehearsal. Yes. Like so, as a parent, right away, and and she's going to cover this in the video. You're going to see in a minute, but this is so important. We want you to hear it twice. Um, so tell us about that. Sure. So just like your child has a fire drill or a tornado drill at school, um, they do those so that if a t- tornado or fire actually does happen, the child doesn't have to think about what to do. They've rehearsed it. Oh, okay. We're going to go to the basement or we're going to go outside if there's a fire drill. And they don't, they don't get scared because they've done it before. Same principle goes with the pool. So we rehearse what would happen if a child sees a ball in the water and reaches out for it or and falls in, we keep it fun. We don't want to scare the kid. But we rehearse what happens with when they would fall in the water. And what you want to rehearse with them over and over again is if you would accidentally fall in and you don't want to be in, all you have to do is turn around and get back to the wall. Reach for the wall with your hand. Kick your legs out behind you. Um, and once you get to the wall, you have a couple different options. If you have the core strength, you could do something called arms, tummy, knees, and toes and pull your body out of the water. Right. If you don't, you can do something called Spider-Man. And every single kid I teach loves Spider-Man. And that is, you know, Spider-Man goes up and down the buildings like this, right? We don't go up and down the wall. We go to the side. And so we go along the edge of the pool and the child can just go along the edge of the pool and get to shallow water and exit the pool through the shallow, through the steps at the shallow end, or if there's not shallow water, uh, go to the ladder. 
even right. if it's in the deep end, just stay on the wall, go to the ladder, and we practice using a ladder to get out of the pool with just stuff you don't think about. So That's so good. Yeah. Right, Spider-Man? I love the the head, what was it, head, tummy, knees, and toes? Because like, you, yeah. you don't think about the fact that a child has to learn how to do that. Right. By putting those body parts against the side, right? Like, right. Yeah. They don't know how to get out of the pool. They don't know to put their feet down. If Even in a zero-entry pool, if a child slips and goes under, um, they don't have the common sense to just stand up. We assume that they do. But right. a lot of times fear sets in. When fear sets in, our, we do the opposite of what we should do a lot right. of the time. That's just human nature. So we have to teach them, oh, if you slip and go under, stand up, get tall. And, and I have them raise their arms up and jump up. So just... Because they have to know where their body is in space, and it get they get tripped up because their boy they their bodies are different in the water. They're right. they're lighter, and they don't know. You know, you have to to stand up. You have to push your legs down. You're right. right. And rather than push up, it's the opposite of gravity. So. Well, I thought two things you really said were important there about. There's no need to really scare them into this, but right. make it fun. Right. It's something they're engaged. Like this could become a mm -hmm. child parent, child grown up activity in right. the water this summer of how you play the Spider-Man and how you play the moving down the wall and all of that and the mm -hmm. head, the head, tummy, knees and toes. And yes. these could become fun games that, right. that in the moment, the, the, the scary moment of a child in the water feeling like they're drowning or, or close to drowning, they can, they can use. Right, right. <clears throat> and I love that it's not necessarily intuitive, right? They have to learn this. You you you, you shared with me that a hundred children in the U.S. a year die in, in bathtubs, mm -hmm. and so it's just not intuitive that if their face is underwater, what to do. Yeah, if you if you have a toddler or baby that puts their face down in the water, they don't know to lift their head up to get air. They have to learn it. They have to learn it, and we assume that oh, it's common sense. Lift your head up. You know, you need air to breathe. Right. They may not know that. They right. may. Right. But it's a gamble, so. Yeah, it's not one we want to take, right? Mm -hmm. This is important. And and that leads me to kind of introducing the next section, which is going to be great. Because if you stay for the next section, it's a half an hour long. But it is comparable to a summer's worth of swim lessons in video form, where Shannon and some of her students, three years old and up, she walks through teaching them on video. It's really, really awesome. And, and our hope it's a resource for you. It's a resource that you can share with your friends. You can post on your social media. You can just share across the board that would literally help save lives. I mean, it's strange to think about, but it's so important because this is preventable and we need to share this. And what a great resource, the cost of a summer worth of lessons. And that came from your heart and passion as a part of this faith community to say, I wanna just help parents get prepared. Yeah. And thank you, thank you on behalf of the church and behalf of those who are gonna watch this yeah. because this is so important. It's enough to get you started. It, you'll have a lot more knowledge than you did before. And I'm really passionate about getting the information to everyone, not just not just families who can afford swim lessons because right. we're living in tough times and, and not yeah. everyone can afford it. But this is life-saving information where whether you go to the pool or not, it's just things to think about. Um, it's a lot of preventative yeah. help to just, you know, to prevent drowning, drowning prevention. That's what we say. So Drowning um, prevention. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, thank on behalf you. of us all. And hey, enjoy this next session. It's going to be great where you can watch it and even your kids can watch it with you. Hi, my name is Shannon Rosechen. I have been teaching swim lessons for over 14 years now, and um, I'm making this video to try to get some important information out to parents 
um, that could save your child's life. Drowning is the second leading cause of death for children. We even lose a hundred kiddos a year to bathtub drownings. So a um, lot of good information. Um, I know it is not in every family's budget to pay for swim lessons. And this is a, a life-saving skill that could change your child's life and everyone should have access to this information. Um, I'm going to teach you some knowledge. I'm going to teach you some skills that you can work with and teach your child yourself for free. Um, so let's get started. Free swim lessons 101. Before we go on, if you hear nothing else in this video today, hear this. A child can drown in as little as six inches of water. If your baby would put his or her face down in a bathtub, don't assume that they have the common sense to just pick their head back up and get air, okay? Um, if your toddler is in a baby pool or a zero entry pool and falls down in water where they can stand and they go under, don't assume that they know how to stand up, put their feet down to get themselves safe. Kids can drown in a baby pool, a little plastic pool in your backyard, because they don't have that common sense that we assume that they have to stand up and get tall. So when I teach kids lessons, that's something that we rehearse is going from a, a parallel to the bottom of the pool posture, just pushing your feet back down through the water and standing up and getting tall. Good kick. Good kick. Now can you stand up? Push your feet down, Quinn. Stand up and reach the sky. Woohoo! Yay! Now back down and kick, 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 kick. Good job. This is going to help you stand up and kick. Woohoo! Good job. Yay! The first thing I want you to understand is that the water is a completely different environment. Um, we're dealing with the law of buoyancy, whereas on land, on earth, we of course deal with the law of gravity. So when we let our body relax on earth, we would fall to the ground, right? And that's what your child's used to. Ever since they've been learning to walk, they've been learning about the law of gravity and falling down when you lose your balance. Buoyancy is the opposite. If you relax your body in the water, you float, you rise up, you don't fall down, you rise up. And that's what we want to teach the kids. Um, that's the end goal is to float because floating is really what will save your child's life. Swimming is a skill, but if they would fall in and learn how to float or, and then kick back to the wall, the floating is what is gonna help. It's gonna um, help them preserve their energy if they have to wait a long time to be rescued. Say if you're out in a body of water, um, we can't swim without getting tired, but we can float for a really long time without getting tired. Good, starfish float on your back, good. Good, this is how we rest when we can't put our feet down. Good job, one more time, go back into that back float, back starfish. Good, you're gonna push your tummy up more. Good job. And she's resting. Good, Olivia. 
A lot of times when kids are learning how to swim, they may get into a dangerous or what they perceive to be dangerous situation and panic. And when fear sets in, just like anywhere else, we have a, a response that we choose, fight, flight, or freeze. Um, fighting the water is when you see a child kick and, and move their arms and flail their arms and fighting the water doesn't work. It uses all of your energy very quickly and that will not save you. Um, flight, when you see a child get tired in the water and they're out in the middle of the pool of the deep end and they start speeding up to get to the wall because they know they're getting tired and running out of energy, the gut instinct is to go as fast as you can to get to the wall. When really, if you would stop and float for a second, you could stop and regain your breath, lower your heart rate, calm your breathing, and then go back to the wall, take a pause. And the third type of fear response is freeze. And this happens when people get scared. People just get frozen. I've seen 11 or 12 year old boy swim freestyle across the pool in the deep water, be literally six inches from the wall. And he got a little water down the wrong pipe, choked and froze. He, he wouldn't reach for the wall. He was inches from the wall and he wouldn't reach his hand out to grab the wall to keep himself safe. He was frozen in fear. It was terrifying to watch and it, it can happen. So don't assume that your child, because they're 10, 11, 12, uh, and they have the cognitive ability to reach for that wall, if they're terrified and panic, fear can still set in. All right. So what's the solution? It's another F word for fear. We have the fight, flight, freeze response, but the one you want is float. We float to save, to achieve floating. Floating is counterintuitive. Uh, less is more. Do nothing and you'll achieve. It, it doesn't make sense. When I work with kids, so many times they try so hard to float and it ends up backfiring because they're tensing their muscles and flexing their muscles and trying. And floating is a position of surrender. It's like yoga. Um, you relax, you do nothing and your body floats to the top. Your heart rate can recover. If you're tired, you can recover. If you're winded, you can take a break. And it's not something anyone instinctively or intuitively thinks about. It's it's something that everyone has to be taught. Float, right? So what I want you to do is pretend like you, you accidentally slipped and fell in the pool or somebody was mean and pushed you and you went in the pool and you're like, I don't wanna go swimming. What the heck? So I'm just gonna float to get myself safe because I'm in the deep end and I can't stand, okay? So, oh no, here you go, pretend. Oh no, I fell in the pool. What am I gonna do? Oh, I just put my head back and I relax and I can kick to the wall. I can kick to the steps. I can just float, but I don't panic. I just relax and let my body float. Good job. Now, because the body has to be in a relaxed, effortless, 
state, uh, the American Red Cross recommends that water temperatures be between 83 and 86 degrees. And they recommend this for a couple reasons. Uh, one, the smaller the child, the less your child will be able to thermoregulate their body temperature. So if you throw them in an ice cold body of water, they're going to get cold and start chattering their teeth a lot sooner than you or I will. Um, the other reason is, and I find this in my swim lessons, when I am trying to help a child learn how to float, their body needs to be like jelly. I say float like a jellyfish. Well, when we're cold, our bodies, what do we do? We tense up. We turn into rocks, right? There's no way you can relax. You're, you're tense. Your, your shoulders are up by your ears. Your lips may be turning shades of purple. You have goosebumps. It's uncomfortable. So how in the heck are you supposed to relax? Nearly impossible. So if you can, when you work with your child, take them to a therapy pool. Take the, a lot of the indoor pools are a lot warmer than they used to be. We need a nice, comfortable water temperature so your, your child can relax their body. And if you ever see goosebumps, if you ever see lips turning purple, indoor, outdoor, it's time to pull your kid from the water, wrap a towel around them, have them sit out in the sun, take a break because Again, they can't thermoregulate like you or I can. And let's be honest, they probably don't have the extra padding that we do. The next thing that is important for parents to know is that your child will probably behave differently in water. Don't assume that if your child is wild and fearless on land, that they'll be wild and fearless in the water. They may be, but they may be very fearful. It's a, like I said, it's a completely different environment. Um, and just be open to the fact that your child may be timid and scared and they may be timid and scared on land and get in the water and something happens and they go wild. They love it. They're water babies. And you need to teach them how to swim really fast if that's the case. Um, but just watch your child, know your child, it doesn't run in families. If you've got one brave swimmer, you're probably going to have a sibling, uh, another child that is timid and scared and may not like to get his or her face wet. Um, we never get two of the same as parents, do we? So um, the same goes, the same holds true for the water. Another thing we need to talk about before we even think about uh, talking about what happens in a pool is for parents to understand what kind of swimmer you have. And after doing this for so long, I've basically narrowed down uh, that there are three different kinds of swimmers. And you will know which, which kind you have when you hear these. Number one is the jump first, ask questions later swimmer. And pretty self-explanatory name. Uh, it's a child that has no skills and absolutely no fear. Um, this is the child that will see a body of water and run in, see a pool, a deep end of a pool and jump in and not have any skills to swim. They don't care. Their bodies are totally ahead of their brains. They're excited and they have no fear and they just walk around knowing someone's going to rescue them. So uh, that's the first kind of swimmer. 
The second type of child that I teach is called the negotiator. And this child has a little more fear. Uh, they will swim, but it will be on their terms in their time. And there will be lots of negotiations and renegotiations, lots of compromise. Uh, if I ask them to jump in and tell them I'll catch them, they say, come a little closer, even closer. If I say Bob up and down five times, they say, I'll do three, not any more than three. So um, these are kids, they just need their control. They're a little scared and uh, it's a lot of negotiating. Um, the advantage to having the fearless swimmer that I talked about, uh, the jump first, ask questions later swimmer, they tend to learn really fast because they're really motivated and they don't have fear. Um, these kids, the negotiators, will learn to swim. It just takes a little more time, a little more patience, and you just have to make them feel secure enough to take that next step. Logan's doing a cannonball in the deep end. On your mark, get set, jump in and swim to mom. You can do it. I would love that, baby, but I'm swimming too. I can't catch it. You can do it, buddy. Just swim out to mom. On your mark. Get set. Go. Good job, buddy. And the last type of swimmer is called the I'm not swimming swimmer. And these are kids I've had in lessons that they don't want to swim. They're not motivated. They don't like the water. Maybe this is your child that when they take a bath, they don't even like water on their face to wash their face. They just don't like it. They're very sensitive to it. And it's legit. It's, it's not drama. It's, it's water's different and it's scary and they don't like it. And so these kids, you know, it may take a summer or two or three to really learn how to swim and that's okay because swimming isn't mandatory and if they're not motivated, you can't force them. You can't force a child to learn how to go underwater because when you do, they're screaming, their mouth is open, they're panicking, they're gonna inhale a bunch of water and choke and have a completely negative experience about the pool and never wanna learn how to swim. So we don't do that. We, we have to honor the child where they are. Um, now, that being said, if you want to try to gain some control over the situation, maybe they're not allowed to go to the pool. Um, if they're not willing to learn how to swim, they probably shouldn't be at a pool. And yes, I realize that this creates a lot of uh, inconvenience for parents who have more than one child. But it's an option. Swimming is not mandatory. We're not fish. We're not amphibians. We live on the land. So uh, the water is a privilege. It's a choice. And we need to learn how to be safe. We need to learn to respect the water. So um, if you have one of these children who really don't want to learn how to swim, then okay, then we can't go to the pool. You can't even get in the in the pool and play with the toys on the side of the pool unless you're unless you're willing to try to learn because the water can be a dangerous environment. It is a dangerous environment for people who don't know how to swim. A couple things about having a false sense of security that I want to talk about. Uh, lifeguards are there to help. 
they do a great job. They watch, but lifeguards have one set of eyes. We look one direction at a time. It's absolutely impossible to have eyes on everyone at all times in the pool. Our, our eyes and our brains just don't work that way. So please don't assume that the lifeguard is going to keep your child safe. It's too much for one person. They're, they can help. They can rescue. They can save. But it's not a guarantee. It's your job to not be on your phone, to not talk to your friends, to have eyes on your kids at all times at the pool until you feel like they're very confident swimmers. Faster kick. Good job. Another false sense of security is uh, don't assume that your child can't go underwater when they have a flotation device. Um, we're gonna we're gonna watch a little friend of mine that I taught, and you're going to see her jump in from the side of the pool. She's one of my jump first, ask questions later swimmers who has no fear of the water. So she jumps in from the side. She has her puddle jumper on, but she's gonna go under. And you're going to see her, since she's learning how to swim, you're going to see her fall forward and put her face in the water and kick her legs out behind, uh, which is what we want. But if you'll notice, she has a puddle jumper on, and she's still able to do that. So please don't assume that your child's safe in the water and can't go under when they're wearing a puddle jumper. Get set, go! Oh, look at that. Freestyle kicks and scoots. Good job, Quinn. Good job, buddy. So puddle jumpers are amazing. They're, you know, they're very helpful um, and they do help support your child in the water. Um, but one thing about puddle jumpers is that they teach a child that their body should be vertical in the water when they swim. They think kicking your feet underneath you while you're floating in your puddle jumper, that's what swimming is. And it's really the opposite. Uh, what we want is a trust fall forward in the water, legs kicked out behind, and then we start to kick. So it's, it's pretty dramatic for kids to go from swimming in a puddle jumper vertically to falling forward and be parallel to the bottom of the pool with the arms out overhead and the legs kicking behind. It's a very different posture and it takes a long time to get used to. Since this is such a dramatic transition in posture, uh, one thing you can do is, is called the crab walk, um, which is, it's not, you're not on your back. Your, your tummy is down, your child's tummy's down facing the bottom of the pool. And you're in a the part of the pool that's zero entry or in a baby pool, somewhere where they can put their hands down on the bottom of the pool and almost straight, legs out behind them, and they can walk like a crab. So it helps them get in that posture of having their legs out behind them rather than under them. And then they can walk on their hands their mouth isn't anywhere near the water, and then they can start to kick their feet um, and just get in that 
in that habit and learn that muscle memory of kicking your feet out behind you rather than under you. Okay, I'm ready. Wow, Logan, great job, buddy. Great job. Another thing we can assume as adults is that children will know to use the steps to get out of the pool, to use the ladder to get out of the pool, to use their own strength to pull themselves out of the pool. Again, these are all skills that need to be taught your child. Maybe your child knows and is going to catch on fast, but um, you know, when, when I teach children how to swim, we practice using the ladder. We practice using the steps and we also practice using the side of the pool to get to, to get safe. Let's say they, they are in water over their heads. I teach them, if you get back to the wall, kick back to the wall, we play a game called Spider-Man. And let's face it, everybody loves Spider-Man. So, um, we have their hands and their feet on the side of the pool, on the pool wall, in the ledge of the pool, just like Spider-Man does on buildings. And you're glued there, just like Spidey. And then you kind of, rather than go up and down buildings like Spider-Man, we go to the side and shimmy over to the ladder or to the steps or back into the shallow end of the pool where you can put your feet down safely and exit. Let's watch. Okay, okay. That's a pretty big jump. All right, so if we fall in the pool, we just turn around and swim right back to the wall. And you can do Spider-Man to get yourself safe or pull yourself out. What do you choose? You've got options to get yourself safe. You want to do Spider-Man? Spider-Man back to the steps where you can stand and just walk out of the pool, right? Good job, buddy. Good job. One thing I do when I teach kids how to swim is we have safety drills, basically. Like a child has a fire drill or a tornado drill, drill at school. We rehearse danger and what, what the child will do in a dangerous situation so that they have the muscle memory again to, to know what to do. And so they don't have to think about it. They just automatically go into that muscle memory and get themselves safe. Um, so it looks like this. We, we pretend that the child is falls into the water, gets pushed into the water, something, and we have them fall in. And then um, I catch them if I need to and direct them back to the wall, kick, 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 back to the wall and pull yourself out of the pool doing something called arm, arms, tummy, knees and toes. And I sing it for better, for worse. I'm going to sing right now. Arms, tummy, knees and toes, knees and toes. Kids know that song and it's always easier to remember a song. So um, we do sing arms, tummy, knees and toes. And you're going to see my little friend here pull himself out of the pool. He's not a big guy. I mean, he's he's really young. And I'd say if your child's two or younger, they don't have the core strength to do this yet. So teach teach them Spider-Man to get to get out of the pool and shimmy over to the ladder or the steps. But if your child's three or older, um, they should have the core strength. And if they don't keep practicing, um, you'll see him put his forearms down on the side, on the sidewalk, on the side of the pool, push down on the forearms, arms, tummy, 
and you put your whole tummy down. And this is where some kids get stuck. They don't want to lay their tummy down on the floor because they think they're strong enough. So we make them lay their tummy down on the floor and then they get their knees up and then their toes. And um, we just rehearse that over and over again, arms, tummy, knees, and toes. So if they do ever accidentally fall in the pool, automatic, arms, tummy, knees, and toes, turn around, kick to the wall, pull yourself out, you can do it. I think I can, I think I can. I say that to the kids all the time so they have that in their heads. I think I can, I think I can. Don't stop, don't quit, you can do this. Keep fighting till you pull yourself out. And um, we just try to instill that confidence so that they can save themselves if they ever have to. Okay, can you please show me arms, tummy, knees, and toes? Fight for it, fight for it. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for watching this video. I am so excited to partner with you on this as parents and to teach you a few skills to get you started. Um, let's work together to try to um, lower that statistic that the second leading cause of, of death for children is drowning. Um, we can do it and it's all about education. And as a parent, when I had kids, little kids, I just thought going to the pool would be really fun. I thought it'd be, I have such great memories of swimming when I was a kid. Well, it's not. <laughs> It's not when you're, when you're, when your kids don't know how to swim. It's very stressful. It can be. Um, and that's okay. It's temporary. Um, but if you could just adjust that expectation, like, look, this isn't about laying out of the pool anymore. This isn't going to be fun. This is keeping my kids safe and, um, saving them from themselves. If they are fearless, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's, you know, sometimes when I would take my kids swimming, I would be done by like 11. Like, okay, I think it's time we watch a movie now because mommy's fried from, from keeping multiple children safe at the pool. So, um, do your best. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't have to go swimming, if you're not having a good day, if you, if you don't feel like you have it in you, that's okay. Um, Good job. I always tell kids three things every time I have my first swim lesson with them. My number one job is to keep you safe. My number two job is to make sure you have fun. And number three, I never make you do anything that you don't feel comfortable doing. So those are, those are good guidelines. Um, you can't force your child to learn how to swim. They'll do it when they're ready. You can set limits and boundaries around swimming. If they refuse to swim, they don't have to go to the pool. Um, there's no perfect answer. Every child is different. So just be aware. Keep your eyes on your kids all the time. Even if you need to talk to a friend because you need that social interaction, just keep your eyes on your kids while you talk. I get it. I'm a mom. Um, swimming can be a lot of fun. But it's, we need to teach our kids safety. We need to teach the kids to respect the water and know their limits, know their skills. And um, most of all, we need to teach them how to keep themselves safe in the water so that if, if a parent or a lifeguard isn't around to help, they can, they can save themselves. And that's the end goal. 
Thank you so much and have a wonderful summer.